Welcome to the fourth episode of the Real Heal Holy Field podcast. This is your host, Essence, and I am eternally grateful that you have made it thus far to episode four, which means we have completed a full month of episodes on the podcast. And that makes me excited because I've been getting great feedback on Facebook, Instagram, and all of my social platforms about how you guys feel about the direction of the podcast. If you haven't connected with me on social media, you can definitely find all of my social media platforms on my website at essencesantriel.com. If you don't know how to spell my middle name, it's in the description box. So take your time, check out my website, and let's connect. On this particular episode, we will be discussing something that tends to go unseen and overlooked, especially in the Black community. And because I am here for the Black women, I also want this episode to resonate with all melanated beings who have felt some sort of heartbreak at the end of a friendship that didn't go in the direction that they thought it would go. A lot of times when we enter friendships just like relationships we expect our friends to be for lifers but a lot of times what we have to understand especially in walking in our purpose is that friendships just like relationships not all of them are meant to follow you through every season of life i've also learned that the pain that we experience with friendship breakups tends to go unnoticed and unaddressed And it's something that I believe, especially as a Black woman, needs to be addressed more transparently and honestly going forward. It's also very interesting to me that a lot of times, especially as a woman and a Black woman, we're encouraged to find loyalty and love in romantic partnerships and relationships, but we're not encouraged to have that same loyalty and love which also includes forgiveness in our friendships and as someone who very much values my friends sometimes in a way over my romantic relationships that I've had in the past this is such a unique opportunity for me to express that and also bring multiple perspectives into how we discuss this going forward. I know like many other black women that from a young age, I was taught to cook, I was taught to clean, I was taught to do things to ensure my future with a life partner without being taught the same types of things to ensure that I build healthy and meaningful friendships for the rest of my life. And a lot of women can attest to the fact that many times, in friendships, we notice that our friends will prioritize their romantic relationship over the friendship that you've been building with this person for years. And for me, if I've had a friend for over 10 years, that friend has a better audience with me than, say, a romantic partner that I just began to know. And although we should find balance in our romantic partnerships and our friendships, I do believe that we must start to address how we are friends to others and what we expect friendship to be when involving yourself. Many times I discuss on social media how boundaries are so important, 
but we don't discuss how those boundaries apply to friendships and how those boundaries should across the board be applied to both romantic relationships and also friendships that you have. Because if I expect my partner to follow these specific boundaries and I don't have those same boundaries for my friend, it shows an imbalance in how we approach love in general. And I know you guys have been listening to episode number two with our monthly co-host TT. And a lot of you have also listened to episode three with Holistic Kev. And we discuss love a lot in these episodes and understanding that love goes beyond romantic partnership. Love goes beyond familial love. And love also goes beyond friendship types of love. We have to understand love is a full embodiment of all three of those things. I always told myself, ideally in a partner, a romantic partner, I want to find friendship. I want to find family and I also want to find romance. But we don't apply that across the board. And I know when you're like, hey, Essence, I don't want romance from my mom. In a sense, yes, you do. You want your mother to show you a certain level of affection that you expect from her as your mother. I also want my friends to show me a certain type of affection. So when we stop looking at love as having boundaries in certain relationship spaces, we can grow into understanding that love is a full embodiment of all of those things. For example, A lot of times I experienced the romance of parenting through my father. He very much so always used to buy me flowers on Valentine's Day and remind me that, hey, thank you for being one of the loves of my life, which is important to understand that he wasn't doing this in a derogatory manner. He was doing this as an expression of his love for me. Also in my father, I tend to find friendship love. I can pretty much talk to my dad about anything under the sun without judgment. So I have definitely found the embodiment of love in my parenting space through my father. And I appreciate that. Now in my friendship space, I actually have many friends that I've known for over 10 years. But in particular, I do have a friend, Mariah, who I have been very close with for over 13 years. We did have a span of time that we weren't speaking due to a misunderstanding that her and I had, but we did come back together and we did work that misunderstanding out. And a lot of times people will give latitude and forgiveness to their romantic partner when their romantic partner betrays their loyalty, betrays their trust, and steps all over their boundaries on a consistent basis. But when their friend does something derogatory or something that is hurtful one time, we tend to completely shun our friends away. So I just want to bring into the conversational space of friendship the idea that we do go through friendship breakups and those breakups are significant and those breakups do affect how we approach friendship and even love in the future. A lot of times, I'm a millennial, and a lot of times millennials have come up with this idea that no new friends, 
But I've learned very recently that sometimes the new friends that you allow into your space as a more healed and understanding person, those are the friends that teach you the most about what you actually appreciate in friendship and what you actually appreciate in love. A lot of times the older friends who have become complacent in their friendship with you tend to do things that abhorrently betray the boundaries that they know that you have but because they are your friend of however many years a lot of people tend to allow those types of disrespect within friendships and I just feel as a blanket statement we should approach every form of disrespect of our boundaries and disrespect of our comfortability of self to be addressed in a healthy and loving way. A lot of times people cannot understand when I talk to them about my relationship with both of my parents, how I could possibly want a further relationship with them. Now in the space of parenthood, it's very hard to disconnect yourself from the two people that you loved first in the world. When you're born, your very first love is your parents. For some people who don't know one of their parents, their very first love is the primary parent that was available to them. Now, for me, I was born into loving both of my parents equally. And I know that Valentine's Day just passed and I actually text my parents every Valentine's Day. First thing, they're the first two people that I text because they are the first two people that I loved in this lifetime. And the next set of people that I tend to text are my friends, especially the friends who have seen me grow and seen me develop and who in this particular moment love and respect me on a level that I can appreciate. As I've gone through my healing journey, I have started to address the truth that sometimes family members, sometimes people that I consider a friend, and sometimes previous lovers are not welcome into who I am now. And Although that is painful to understand and painful to actually come to the conclusion of, it's important to ensure that our boundaries are being met, that we can address that within ourselves. People who have an issue with setting boundaries with others have broken many promises to themselves. And I believe the first step to working through those promises being broken is to do shadow work. Many of you have reached out to me about um, what shadow work is and where do you start with shadow work. And I'll be posting a shadow work um, entry on my website in my blog area to discuss some of the intricacies of how you can start with shadow work. But the first step to shadow work is knowing that there is a problem. If you have these toxic tendencies where everyone in your life, everyone in your friendship circle, and every piece of family that you allow close to you is overstepping their boundaries with you, that means you have a boundary issue within yourself. And a lot of times we don't feel worthy of boundaries because as children, our boundaries were constantly overstepped and abused and inner child work is a major part of shadow work you need to go back to the root of where these bad habits began 
I used to be very verbally abusive and very verbally angry in every aspect of my life. And I still have anger that I have to work through. But I realized that this anger and this verbal abusiveness came from the verbal abuse that I experienced as a child. And unfortunately, as much as I love my parents, I had to address those feelings of distress and those feelings of hurt that I realized that were still lingering within me to my parents. A lot of us have those issues with friendships as well. A lot of us don't realize that some of the reasons why we treat others the way that we do, some of the reasons why we can never be in successful romantic partnerships, some of the reason why our family or people in our family don't want to deal with us is because of how verbally abusive we are. And we have to address that within ourselves so that we can address that in our environment. I'm also calling to question a lot of women and men who are constantly on social media saying, I don't understand why I can't have a woman who appreciates me the way I appreciate women or a man who loves me in the way that I love them. A lot of times before we address that externally, we need to address that internally. If you notice in your friendships, you can't keep friends around you, then you need to also notice how that goes back to the fact that there is unhealed trauma within you. It's very hard to be a part of a romantic partnership if you have not mastered friendship first because the basis of a really good romantic partnership is friendship. Why would you want to be romantically involved with someone who cannot even address you and appreciate you as a friend. And we have to start addressing ourselves in that manner. And I've decided also for this particular episode, I want to bring in another perspective of this and also go deeper into the conversation of friendship breakups because a lot of times when we haven't conquered the trauma that we have within in certain areas it can translate into how our friendships break off and how we lose people that we valued so highly at one point we have a dear personal friend of mine Our parents actually met in the army and we have known each other practically our whole lives. Her name is Sierra. I'm gonna call her Cece from Philly because it has a ring to it that I really like. And she's gonna come and give us an alternate perspective of how friendship breakups actually do affect how you go forward in life and approach friendships. Hey, Sierra. Hi, hi everybody. Okay, so Sierra, I'm just going to be very honest with y'all. She's private. I'm not going to give y'all too much information. We're here because she has valuable energy for the conversation at hand. So how many friendship breakups have you actually been through, Sierra? Um, let's see. More recently, I can say three. This past year or two, three, and those were major, those were major breakups. 
Now, at the beginning of this episode, I actually um, have recorded myself discussing my own friendship breakups, but let's get into those three major breakups for you. Now, first question would be, what did friendship initially mean to you as a child? I love this question. So my childhood was kind of rough. Um, my mother and I did not get along. My dad was kind of my best friend. And then my mom and my father had their issues. So um, my dad did leave the house for a few years. So when I was younger, friendship just meant, meant to me someone that I could hang out with, literally someone that I could spend quality time with, which I've learned as an adult happens to be one of my love languages, um, a safe space where I didn't feel judged because I got a lot of judgment at home and um, someone that I could laugh with. And I found out, or more recently, I realized that as long as I got that from people or from one person, I didn't need any other friends. So you could always find me with one good friend, one good friend. And then, you know, if I find people along the way and I like them, I like them. But as long, I always felt, as as long as I had one good friend, that's honestly all I needed. That's interesting because a lot of times, as millennials, we are not, our parents were generation X and baby boomers. So a lot of times I feel like our parents promoted romantic relationships over friendships. Do you feel the same? Yeah. Um, not just our parents, but girlfriends. I mean, I believe even women in this big grown age and this big grown millennial, I believe even some of my girlfriends that I fell out with, it seemed to me that their romantic relationships took priority over their friendships. What was your longest friendship? Um, it's a tie between uh, Veronica and Jasmine. So I love Jasmine. Um, Even still to this day, we're not friends anymore, but I love her. And I found Jasmine um, in high school. We had both moved to Atlanta. I moved from Philly. She moved from California. And my grandfather, who is no longer with us, but my grandfather gave me some advice right before I went to school and said, you know, whoever you see that you just click with, you know, just just talk to them, baby girl, just talk to them. That's how you make a friend, just talk to them. And Jasmine and I were sitting right beside each other and there was a little sheet we had to fill out. It was, it was a question like, if you're a transferring student, circle here. If you're a new student moving from out of state, circle here. So I saw that she moved. She was moving from out of state. Like I said, I moved from Philly, she moved from Cali. And I literally asked, oh, where, where did you move from? I see you're new, I'm new too. And ever since then, we we did not we did not leave each other alone. We were literally we fell out in the twelfth grade over a boy, and it wasn't like a it wasn't like that. I know that sounds crazy. Um, we had a mutual friend who was her boyfriend, but one of my best friends, and they broke up. And he was doing some things that I did not tell her he was doing, and she felt betrayed. And we didn't speak for maybe two years after that. And then we we came back together and we were friends again, really, really close friends. And we just fell out this year. So that's about 15 years. 
all together worth the friendship. And Veronica is the, the close second. We met the same year, 10th grade. And even when Jasmine and I fell out, Veronica and I was were still really, really close. That was my ace coon coon. And we just fell out this last year, maybe six months ago. I so 15 years really is my longest friendship. That we are all with, like, as women, especially Black women, most of the time that we fall out with a really close friend, it it's centered around male energy outside of our friendship. Oh, definitely. And even with Veronica and, um, I mean, there's a hell of people called Jasmine and hell of people called Veronica, right? So I'm just going to use their names. But even with Veronica, um, I can take accountability that where I probably crossed the line and hurt her feelings was making her feel bad about her decision in men um because i had no respect for the gentleman that she chose to have children with i have no respect for the relationship she chose to be in i have no respect for anything involving that masculine energy she chose she chose to spend her time around and i think i crossed the line by making that known to her in a way that she has not been able to forgive me for. i disagree and i feel like maybe my perspective is just very like transparent but I feel like if there's an energy that is near someone that I am very intimate with, which best friends, we tell each other some of the nastiest, craziest, weirdest things, especially as women. Right. If I can sense, because I'm very empathic, very intuitive, if I can sense the energy that my best friend is giving her energy to is toxic and is going to drain her and hurt her in some way, I would be remiss not to say anything. Yes. And that is pretty much my personality. However, one thing I have learned in therapy is it's not always what you say, but how you say it. So I have to take accountability. And even though I, I loved her and everything I said, I, I meant from the heart. I said it from the heart. I, um, I always like to say I didn't cross any of my personal boundaries. I didn't call her out of her name or anything like that. However, I guess the aggression that I had in my tone she it crossed her boundaries and i can't be mad for somebody respecting their own boundaries and saying hey you know my boundaries are not your boundaries you feel like you didn't cross any i feel like you did and you can only respect people who feel that way because we all find have to it weird that emotions. the boundaries we hold for our friends is not the same level of boundaries that women tend to hold for their romantic partners. For example, I have witnessed women will allow their romantic partner, their man, whoever, they will get into yelling and scratching and fighting matches with this person. But as soon as your best friend who has your best interests at heart tells you something from the heart in a passionate way, you may not have called her out of her name or yelled, all of a sudden I've crossed the boundary. Yeah. And um, I hate I to say it like that. I'm not trying to be on your side or her side or whatever, but I, I've seen this for myself. Like you will literally let this man or a woman beat your ass and forgive them, cheat on you and, and disrespect your bodily, your bodily um, boundaries and, and give you some sort of STI, STD. We've seen it all the time. I'm not saying that this is the case for um, Jasmine or Veronica, I'm saying that in general, Black women specifically, we have seen where in relationships, 
we've lost ourselves in these relationships and we're so eager to forgive our romantic partner. But as soon as our friend steps over a small little line, we are angry at them and we're feeling like they've betrayed us. Yes. I don't necessarily want to use the word weird, but I do think that there is a double standard. Absolutely. Um, when it comes to women and what they would accept from a man and what they would accept from their homegirls. And I just feel like that also goes back to the pressure that women feel to be chosen, to have a man in the first place. Um, as far as my friendship with B is concerned, I respect the fact that that's the father of her child. And I learned that with my mother, um, women who have children really want their families to be together. They want their families in one household. They want their relationships to work out with their children. Father, that's, that's really what they want. And they don't, they're not going to let anyone get in their way of that if that's still where they are in their mind. If that's what they want, they're not going to let anyone get in the way of that. That that's It doesn't matter. Crazy. Family, that they're is cut off families, they're cut off friends. It doesn't matter. Um, and I had to respect that when it came to V, that she did not feel like she deserved better. I thought she deserved better, but she did not agree. And that's why she's with who she's with right now. And that's why she cut me off and she's no longer friends with me, but she's probably still in some type of half-assed relationship with her baby father, who's never been able to commit to her fully, who's never been able to respect her the way that she deserved to be respected, who's never been able to do for her the way that a man should do for a woman who has his child, who's never been any sort of stand-up, respectable gentleman or guy. She doesn't think she deserves that. She thinks she deserves what she has. That breaks my heart. And yeah. it's interesting that you say that because and I'm just going to speak from my own stance because I'm, I'm comfortable speaking from this stance. As someone who grew up in that dichotomy of a two-parent household and my parents being together for so long, I guess I have a different perspective and I do appreciate my mom for exposing me to my mom will go to bat for her friends, even at times where she wouldn't necessarily go to bat for me in certain aspects. My mother will go to bat for her friends. And I have witnessed my mom go through friendship breakups and I've witnessed her hurt from friendship breakups because I do believe even in the marriage with my father, my mom was like, no, I'm going to hang with my friends. <laughs> like, baby, I don't care what you're talking about. I'm going to hang with my friends. But I will also say outside of the cheating that my father did do in their marriage, my father wholeheartedly was a respectable husband in the sense of he paid all the bills. He made sure we were taken care of. He wasn't lacking with right. the household. He was cheating, but it wasn't, it took us a long time to feel the effects of that because like you said, he, my dad is not a half-assed man. He made sure every single thing was taken care of so that my mom did have the space and the energy to focus on her own personal things that she likes, such as hanging out with her friends, one of them being your mother. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like, 
I feel like I really appreciate my mother being that type of friend and showing me how she is such a stand-up friend. But I also feel like it instilled in me this, this sense of loyalty to my friends where I'm like you. If something's not right with my best friend, who I invest my energy and my time and even my money, if my best friend needs something, boom, you have it. Because if I have because it, Because that's because we it. love them, right? That's we a love real, them. That's a real love. And... I'm I'm a different type of girl. Like I'm kind of private, and I know a lot of my friends don't necessarily think I feel emotions the same way that they do. But my deepest loves have been friendships with other women. I agree. I agree. And as someone who went through within the last year two friendship breakups, one of them being with the person who had my my godchildren. I can honestly say like it hurts on another level when it's your friend because you tell your best friend things you sometimes don't even want to tell your partner. You tell your best friend your fears. You tell them these things that you're afraid to even tell. Like your best friends mother you in a way that, you know, other people can't. Even your mother can't mother you the way some of your best friends can mother you. And it breaks your heart because it's just like, yo, like I... You were there in my lowest moment. You were there when I absolutely needed you the most. You were there and you're abandoning this friendship or I'm leaving this friendship because you're not feeding into it the same energy. There are stipulations. And for me, there are not very many stipulations for my friends. Um, In particular, the friendship that I had with my godkids, mother Mia, like, it had it came to the point where she wasn't defending my character and it was like on a, another level of non-defense to the point where I couldn't overlook it there it was just something I couldn't just be like you know what we can work through this it was like you're making me seem like a monster and you know I'm nowhere near that and I've been mm-hmm. so much to you I've been I've been a a parent to your children when you couldn't even be a parent to your children. I've been the baby daddy that, that you hate. I have been a baby daddy to your kids and to you. And I don't have any physical children in this realm. You understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it breaks literally the breakup with Mia really broke my heart because not only am I breaking up with you, I'm breaking up with being able to be a godparent to your children. I like- I relate it hurts. so much to that because both of them, Jazz and V both have children and I, I, I miss them. I miss my nephew. Oh, I miss my niece. Um, and I'm a respectful, you know, most of us are raised in the South, so I'm very respectful. If I fall out with you, I'm not going to contact you just to speak to your children. Absolutely Those are your not. children. Yeah, absolutely And, and not. people are mama bears. You know, people get very protective of their children. And I remember when I fell out with Jazz and V was like, yeah, but you can still call and speak to baby girl if you want to. Girl, with what Facebook? What, let me, baby girl got an Instagram I don't know about. Baby girl got a cell phone I don't know about. That is a one-year-old child. Exactly. If I want to contact her, I need to go through her, through her parents mother. out of respect, out of respect. Out of respect. And if and I've lost respect for you, 
I can't rightfully call you and be like, can you can you put Mason and Messiah on the phone, please? You're going to feel like I'm disrespecting you because you know I don't yep. have the same respect for you. And I'm yep. not a person who's going to sit here and sugarcoat how I feel about what was done and how things were handled at the end of our friendship. It broke my fucking heart. So in that, you know, Messiah just had a birthday in January and it literally, I was- Oh my God, relatable content. My nephew's birthday was the 28th and I was was so hurt. (laughs) I was in shambles. I was like, oh my God, my baby's turning seven. This is the year that- um, I told B, you know, if I could, I would love to pick him up for his fourth birthday and take him to, you know, the aquarium. Just last year, obviously not knowing you're going to fall out in six months. But, you know, this was that year. This was that year that I was supposed to pick him up and take him to the aquarium or take him to the zoo or do something with him because he was finally at that age where I would feel comfortable being out with him. You know, I've, I've never, besides babysitting, I've never really been with small children so I've always said you know once they get about four or five that's when I'll start hanging out because they can talk to me they can let me know if anything happens they can let you know if they ever felt uncomfortable and this was that year and I couldn't do that and I was hurt I was really hurt it just it's something that like I don't feel like they understand like you don't understand that this is so hard for me to do because I don't want to lose my connection to my godchildren literally my mom asks me about them all the time and it's like I don't allow my mother into my personal business on that level because my mother and Mia actually grew and had their own relationship which is a whole nother level because my mom doesn't make friends with my friends so it it's just it's a thing in and it's it's deeply rooted in a lot of misogyny and the play for a man and I feel like there was just a point where it's just like you know I deserve better I do deserve better I I we compromise some of our energy to stay friends with people who are not on our level and that's just the truth of the matter and I don't want to say it like that but I also want to say that Anybody who's my friend, I try to lift them up out of whatever place they're in, whether it be putting you on game, teaching you something. I'm I'm very much a teacher. I have no problem teaching my friends ways for them to grow. So when you invest that type of energy into a friendship outside of the nurturing energy, outside of, hey, I'm going to share my mother with you. Hey, I'm going to share part of my life with you. Hey, you've mothered me out of some fucked up shit. Thank you, friend. It's heartbreaking because we don't always invest that type of energy into our romantic relationships. And that's just the reality of it. We don't. I I 100% agree. I have a question. And me and you, we don't have any physical children. And I just want to ask this question for future friendships would you be reluctant to grow a friendship with someone when you have children and I asked that because we just had a moment of like yeah like I love my my best friend's kids on a different level so if you were put in those shoes and you had a best friend that was close to your children like how would these experiences shape your actions in those type of situations? Ooh, that's a good question. You mean if if we both had children? Well, if you had, I mean, you both can have them, but 
in particular, you having children and sharing your children in your friendships? Yes. So I realized, so my other two friends, those were the first adult pregnancies that I ever really went through, right? That's why I'm probably so close because they were their first children and I was there. We've known each other since we were 15. One thing I learned is you as a mom, me, mom, friends. <laughs> I agree. So to answer your question, yes, if I have children, I would be completely willing and actually will probably look for other women with children close to my child's age because that is a different my friends needed things they could not necessarily get from me only because I had no clue about the experience I had no clue what they were going through I had no clue how to meet their needs and they needed more mommy as they call them mommy friends so yes I would be completely open to having mommy friends are you more open now to certain energies within friendships and I say this as a means of you just went through three major friendship breakups I went through two and I find that nowadays I'm more open to high level friendships if that makes sense like I don't have an issue you know how we used to say no new friends no new friends whatever I'm more open to new friends and new energy because I realize sometimes we allow stagnant energy in our life And it causes us to, in turn, become stagnant in those particular relationships and friendships. Are you now open to higher level friendships or do you find yourself still feeling a little closed off to making new friends? Oh, that's a good one. Um, I think part of me is open to higher level friendships because I do think I want to be around different types of people and more people as I get older, you know. Um, but I think my nat- since my natural inclination is to be private and is to keep to myself is definitely something that I would have to put the effort towards, put the effort towards putting yourself out there, put the effort towards meeting new people, put the effort into growing and maintaining new connections. And I don't know if I can 100% say that I am willing to commit to the effort that it would take to make and sustain new friendships. That's honest. You're so honest. You is so honest. (laughs) I try. People be saying Pisces be lying. I don't believe that. Every Pisces I know is pretty honest. Blame it on the male Pisces. I, I look, male Pisces <laughs> don't get any love from me. No. <laughs> no, my stepdad is a male Pisces and he's the sweetest thing. And he's very honest. He's just a man of very few words, honestly. Okay. He might not be a bad one. He might he's not an be older, too bad. You know, my, my, my stepfather is going to be 62 this year. So Okay. So that's a different generation. Yeah. He's an older man and he's all about my mom, all about his peace. So he's not going to sit there and lie and he you know no I I any any Pisces in this generation is an automatic bow wow for me no automatic. I don't even want to get to know that's, you that's ironic because bow wow is a Pisces is a Pisces exactly <laughs> <laughs> matter of fact he's my birthday twin he I was we about to say have, you're both yep. born on the 9th of March honey, yep. so it's yep. like what <laughs> you don't like so a man born it. on the same day as you oh god nope I I don't want you know this the same day might be cute give me a same day cancer give me a, a same day Ew. Taurus, but, but a Ew. same day same Listen, day Pisces no I cringe when I think of cancers I'm so sorry I'm trying to grow in my understanding of cancers and I'm talking big shit even though I have a cancer moon which is the placement mm-hmm. that puts you at the highest level of emotion emotional 
problems, yep. but cancer sons trigger me and I just don't even know how to get over it, Sierra. They are crybabies. You and not crying for the right reasons. You're crying because you're emotionally manipulating the situation. You're not crying from a place of like, I'm genuinely crying. You're like, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm a cancer moon and my partner will tell you, I cry, baby. I cry. We gonna cry around I cry here. Too. We are gonna I, I cry, cry around here, but I'm gonna keep it real too around here. Yeah. I'm a and, crier. I'm either gonna cry in my bathtub or cry in the car. Like what they say, <gasps> you're gonna cry when you get in the car. No, <laughs> no, you know what? I feel like women, especially black women who have been forced to internalize their feelings we do tend to cry in the car and we do tend to cry in the bathroom or in the shower because that's yep. a, we can turn on some water and you don't even know we crying, baby. Yep. I'm brushing it's my teeth. It's one heck of a release. I'm brushing my teeth, mind your business. And I don't own a car anymore. But when I did own a car, baby, smoke a blunt and cry in my car was the best thing. And I feel like since these friendship breakups, I have been more open to higher level friendships. I have been open to connecting with Black women. And I feel like the purpose of this particular episode, and I'm glad that we well-roundedly came to this point, was to get an idea of the fact that Black women, it's okay to be friends with other Black women. There's nothing wrong with us being friends with each other. I feel right. like the climate that we grew up in, especially as millennials, Sierra, we were, it was kind of put in our head that we were in some sort of competition with the next Black woman over a man. And that yes. is kind of where this energy of choosing my man over my friend came from. But I want to tell y'all, I love Sierra, okay? We used to hang <laughs> out. <laughs> Our moms used to be sipping wine, talking to each other, catching up, and we used to be outside cussing and causing havoc. We was bad. I won't say we were bad, Sierra, but I can honestly say that I've always felt genuine friendship from you, and I really appreciate Aww, that. I, I appreciate that, too. I told you you wanted my friends. <laughs> I know, but you, like, not very many people, especially Generation Z, can say, like, yeah, our mamas was friends before we was even here. But that's a fact for us, bro. Like, our mothers were genuine friends before we were right. even here. Can I share the chin check story, please? It's a friendship story. I just need to yes. share it. Yes, so, go ahead. guys, Sierra's mom got distant with my mom. And this was around the time I was, like, 13, about to be 14. And, you know, everybody has their personal things going on. So Sierra's dad was actually a manager of a restaurant. And my mom put me in the car and finessed me into going to this restaurant. She's like, we're going to go eat and, and I'm going to let you get what you want, blah, blah, blah. We get to the restaurant. My mom goes to the hostess stand and she's like, can I please speak to the store manager so-and-so, please? And the fact that my mom said his full name, the hostess was like, oh, she knows him. And I'm like, what is she doing? What is she doing? I'm panicking. Girl, my mama chin checked Sierra's daddy. Like, where is, where is Sierra's mama? Like, where is she at? Where is my friend? I haven't heard from her. Where is she located? I need you to tell me right now. Like, and my mom and wasn't- Starting today, this is one of my favorite stories because I've never heard the story, y'all. This is Listen, my 
first time hearing this story and I love it already. And it's funny because her dad actually comped our meal. It was it was the weirdest thing because like it sounded like something he would do. Yeah. After after my mom kind of pulled him to the side and was like, I don't know what's going on, but you need to tell me where so and so is. Like, where is Sierra's mama? And he, you know, he's trying to get my mama. My mother is a Virgo and she is very forceful with how she communicates. He was trying to get my mother to lower her voice because it was a busy hour at the restaurant. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my God, I thought we were coming here for crab legs. We over here, (laughs) (laughs) we over here chin checking a man. And my mama, this is not, listen, I've seen my mama do some fiery stuff in my childhood. Like I've seen her pull a woman out of her house and fight her. So I'm not surprised that this is where, this is where we're at, but I'm just I like, story. you are checking this, this, this woman's husband about her. You checked her husband about her guy. Like was like, listen, you need to tell me where she's at. And I just, that is another thing. Like my mom, her energy towards her friends, like she don't play. And I know it's because of the army. And what black women went through together in the army. Most of my mom's long-term friends are from the military and they're black women. So she don't play about her friends. And I just love that. I had to tell Sierra the story before we recorded because it's a good story to highlight friendship and the fact that the black woman, we do need to get back to a sisterhood, a friendship, and understanding amongst each other because the fighting over these men who need to be held accountable, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I've never been the type to fight over um, a man. And that's why I had to let your listeners know when Jazz and I first fell out, please know it wasn't over a man like that. <laughs> it was over some yeah. some information she thought I was supposed to disclose, you know, that I didn't disclose. But yeah, I've never, ever, ever been interested in fighting over a man. I'm too nonchalant. I'm too nonchalant. I'll he quickly act like I don't care. <laughs> Go about your day, honey. Even you as a child, bad? though, you were mad nonchalant. And and like yep. y'all, when I say Sierra emboldened me to cuss when we were in middle school, because we used to hang out and she would just be outside cussing. And I would be like, okay, well, shit, I guess I'm a cuss too, because I want to be, you know, so I want to be. I have a gay. very funny story about that if you're interested. Yes, obviously. Okay, so you remember Chloe, right? Yes. So Word to Chloe, Chloe. And I, Chloe, Chloe and I, we used to be, I forgot where we first met in all honesty. I forgot where we first met, but she came and went to school. Like we met all over again and she came and went to the school that I was already at. So one day we're walking around the park. I think Sadricia might have been with us. And they're like, why you don't cuss? Why you don't ever cuss? And I said, I, oh I damn cuss sometimes. <laughs> Oh my God. And, and you from Philly. Then, your family is from Philly. So I expect your family to be some cussing folks. Cause Philly, listen, I don't want to step on any toes, but women from up north are oh, mad my aggressive. Mom, my mom and my grandmother cut sailors. Like honestly, my mom and my grandmother know how to cuss. They will they they the words they put together, honey, you would never be able to put them together. And the irony is. Sadricia is Caribbean. Her mother is Caribbean. So Caribbean women be on it. Caribbean women will cuss you out, be nice to you, cook you some food and cuss you out again. So, and and it's weird because Sadricia is such a wholesome, upstanding woman now. You understand what I'm saying? I've Mm -hmm. seen her grow into her platform and 
spreading positivity and I'm super proud of her. I'm also super proud of Chloe because Chloe's a baddie. Chloe is a baddie. Yeah, she is. Yeah, She's a she baddie. Is. And I'm such an advocate for chocolate women stepping into their power because, you know, my mom is chocolate. People, it's weird. People be looking at me like, that's your mama? Yes, that's my mother. <laughs> she didn't give me enough melanin. Just watch your mouth. Watch your mouth. You understand? Like, my father, his side of the family, we got a lot of native Mexican things going on over there. But my mom is chocolate and she's a baddie. And I support chocolate women who are like emboldening, emboldening and stepping into their beauty era because a lot of times our society has made them feel like, you dark skin, you're not that cute. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah. Definitely went through that. Definitely had that hardship. And I know that I was raised by a chocolate woman. So I know a lot of people are surprised when I say that. And honestly, I don't, it's nothing that my mom said to me. My mom always let me know. My family always let me know how gorgeous I was. I was a beautiful baby. I was a beautiful child, all that stuff. It wasn't until getting into the real world and understanding how the world viewed me that I started having those issues with how I look I don't play about colorism girl people and it's weird because people feel comfortable saying colorist things around me because of my apparent color mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I quickly nip that in the bud like I don't play that shit because when you're talking about a chocolate woman you're talking about my mother you're talking about my aunties you're talking about my grandmother you're talking about my Mm -hmm. cousins you're talking about people that I hold near and dear to me and in general these are slave mentalities that need to be released just like chitlins yes 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 Yes. hog mall chitlins gotta go we're not slaves anymore we're not gonna get into that But I want to wrap this by saying, Sierra, I am, you don't know how proud I am to to know you and to be your friend. And also, just in general, we are in a special group chat together, guys. And she has... She has literally blessed me with so much knowledge and understanding and appreciation for the sacredness of Black sisterhood. So I do want to say that on wax because I really appreciate it. A lot of us have grown up with anti-sisterhood ideals because our parents wanted us to grow up and get married and have a man and all these things. (laughs) And I'm just so glad that we have grown as millennials because they need to give us some more credit. We've done a lot of like resolving a lot of these issues in our Black community. And we... We've embraced sisterhood, and I'm just so grateful that you took the time in your day to talk to me about private and intimate things that have happened to you. And I genuinely hope that one day you and Veronica and Jasmine can have a amicable sit down and clear the air with everything that happened with your friendships. For me, I have come to the conclusion in certain friendships that I have dissolved and I no longer associate that some of my friendships some of the people I was in those friendships with we will never get to that point because they haven't you can only meet people as deeply as they've met themselves right right I repeat and that goes for everybody your mama your cousins your friends you can only meet people as deeply as they've met themselves. And if they're not doing the work, they won't understand where you're coming from. But listening to what you're saying, I feel like that's something that eventually in in life, how things work out, I do feel like 
there's going to be a moment of, oh my God, she really did care about me on their end. If you, if you understand where I'm coming from. I do. And, um, I don't know. I mean, thank you for first. Thank you for all the warm and nice things you say, you know, I love you. Um, (laughs) as far as V and Jess, I don't know. And this is something that, you know, I have spoken to my therapist about, um, to your point of only being able to meet people halfway, I am very accountable. I know I'm not perfect, but I also don't think that I'm a terrible, toxic human being. But I have made my friends feel as if they have healthier lives without me. So because I love my friends, even to this day, if my friends need to continue to flourish without me being in their life, then that's that's their decision. And, you know, I I have to love them from afar. I have to respect that whatever I said and whatever I've done to hurt them to that point, that's 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 my bed and I gotta I gotta sleep in it. Um also I don't know if I want to be half-assed with anybody who I claim to love. Right. You know, like no, I should not be able to just treat you any type of way no one you should never allow someone to just treat you any type of way speak to you any type of way nothing I agree agree. but if I can't be who you've always known me to be if I can't grow as a person with you still being by my side if I can if if you have to push me away um for simply being myself then I need you honestly because Mm -hmm. that I, that's also where I'm at in my space. I have to love myself. I have to be able to look at myself every morning. If I can do that, then I'm doing something good. And if I can do that, and but to your point, you you don't like how I do it or how I show up or present myself in your life. You have every right to leave me alone. And I have every right to say, bro, fuck you. I agree. I agree. I have been listening to Brene Brown recently talk about shame and guilt. And I love Brene Brown. I don't usually talk about non-melanated therapists that I like, (laughs) but you know, you healed or you're healing when you know some Brene Brown, when you can drop Brene Brown, you know, you've been doing some, I've been doing work. I've been doing work (laughs) and guilt and shame. You should never be in a situation where you feel guilt or shame for being who you authentically are in a healed space with someone that you care about. So I completely understand that. I was just sending some well wishes out with that, but I am in the same place with Mia. I wish her the best. I love her from a distance and I love her because I love the kids. And I know that sending love energy to her and hoping that she grows as a person will do nothing but allow my god kids to grow with the best mother and the best energy in their space but i will yeah i one thing i'm not going to do is stand next to or be friends with someone who tarnishes my character in a way that they know better so right right i'm not perfect but you know i try i really do try so Again, I thank you so much. This was such a last minute guest request and you accommodated me in your busy life and I fully appreciate it. She is not someone with a major platform, people. So listen, she's not a therapist. Don't be falling in her inbox trying to know. (laughs) She is a regular person who is going through a healing journey. Go ahead and drop your Instagram and we'll wrap this up. I love you so much. 
No problem. Thank you for having me. I'm happy that I could actually help and, and share some words and some experience. You guys can follow me at the auntie with the assets because I am the cool ass auntie with the assets. And asked y'all you. have a great day. She got ass. <laughs> that first picture, assets. I went to your Instagram. I was like, hold up, auntie with the assets and the ass. Ooh, girl, okay. That was a great. I, I, I quit my job and went immediately to Miami the next week. I had such a great time. I remember that. I remember when you got on Instagram story and you were like, yeah, fuck this job. And then the next week you was on the beach. I was like, hold up. Yep, hold up. Life. Spend that 401k on the beach in Miami. <laughs> Do your thing. First, use it to pay your bills, but spend that 401k on the beach. Period. We, we were straight. God had us. We were good. We still good. We still good. <laughs> okay. Well, again, I thank you so much for being on this particular episode with me and stay tuned for some final messages, guys. This week's book of the week is Three Girls from Bronzeville, a uniquely American memoir of race, fate, and sisterhood by Don Turner. You guys check out that book and let me know how it is. I'm actually reading it right now. So I, I would love to hear from you. Don't forget to follow the podcast page on Instagram at Real Heal Holyfield. Also, if you want to follow me, your amazing and illustrious host, my Instagram is at the dot essence santrio if you also want to set up any type of spiritual therapy sessions or if you'd like to connect with me on any other platform make sure to check out my website essence